Good afternoon, and thank you for joining us for another episode of Silicon Beach Mobile Startup. I'm your host, Baron Murdoch. Today, I'm joined by my very special guest, entrepreneur, not just an entrepreneur, fashion designer extraordinaire, renaissance man, Midwesterner, Russ Martin, Gerard Martin of Russ Martin Designs. Welcome. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing really well. How about yourself today? I'm doing pretty well. Okay. I uh, appreciate you taking the time to join us here today on a Saturday. How's the weather out there in the Midwest? Um, it's sunny, but it's a little chilly out here. It's about 50 degrees. Oh, wow. Wow. As you know, I'm in Los Angeles, and the weather is sunny today. And I think it's mild. <laughs> it's probably in the 60s. It's not, not very much better than what you have right there. About jacket weather? Yeah, yeah. I definitely would say that, for sure. But I was really impressed um, when we met. And I thought there were some things that were really relevant to our audience, being there are a lot of young entrepreneurs thinking about starting something, uh, thinking about the skill sets that they have, looking at the market. And of course, uh, this great tragedy that we're, we're involved in together, the pandemic um, with COVID-19, it's forcing a lot of people to rethink where they are and where they want to go. And I wanted to share your feedback about your impression of, of what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. So um, to be honest with you, currently right now, um, for me and where I'm currently at my business, I've been building my business for about uh, three years. Um, so I'm in a position where kind of I'm kind of widespread. I, I have. I have a reach into uh, different diasporas of not only fashion, but along with uh, my past uh, social work and along with me being a chef earlier in my career um, has allowed me to uh, really be able to interestingly, I guess you can say, have a, a large reach when it comes to being an entrepreneur in different uh, industries. Okay. Can you talk a little bit more about the social work piece and what you did with that and what organizations you were involved? Yeah. So um, when I was 18 years old, uh, I had the opportunity to be a boutique manager over a non-for-profit uh, social enterprise called My Brother's Closet. And with that, I had the opportunity to uh, suit and work with uh, gentlemen who were either fresh out of prison to choose the change program or gentlemen who were trying to uh, learn how to be better fathers in their father to father program. And I worked for the Columbus Urban League. Okay, that's a huge, that's a huge give back. What is the population of Columbus, you think? Um, to be honest with you, I think it may be about, I think it may be about two million people, somewhere around there. Around there. Um, okay. Columbus is, Columbus is the capital. Um, then, you know, we got Cleveland and Cincinnati. Yeah, there's so many cities in, in Ohio that people don't necessarily think of them as really um, trendsetters in the Midwest, you automatically go to Detroit or Chicago. Mm -hmm. But it's a lot of good cities in, in, in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So what was it like uh, growing up in Ohio? Um, to be honest with you, um, growing, up in, growing up in Ohio, a lot of people think that uh, it's a, they think it's country, they think it's cornfield, you know. Um, but me and my family, we moved here from uh, Bluefield, West Virginia uh, in 2000. And uh, from there, we lived on the south side of Columbus uh, for a couple years off of um, Stambaugh and um, Stambaugh and um, I, can't, I can't think of the street. But uh, we, we lived there for a while. My parents saved up 
and then we end up moving out to the suburbs and that's where I've lived for uh, most of my life for about 18 years of my life. I'm 22 now. But um, oh, wow. yeah, Columbus, Columbus was interesting. Um, it's definitely a city where you have to be a person that is proactive on uh, paving, paving your future, paving your path. And um, you definitely got to uh, definitely with God's uh, direction. Uh, you can definitely have a lot more help with that as well. <clears throat> now, your path is a, a unique path. You told me you, you started off doing one thing and it kind of evolved to where you are right mm -hmm. now. Can you tell us a little bit about your path? And a lot of people don't know you are a millennial, mm -hmm. um, although your your taste and your style, it's kind of like beyond age because style is, 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 is ageless. Mm -hmm. But to talk a little bit about your background in terms of how you got started in business and what led you to where you are right now. Okay, yeah. So uh, my story is very interesting because my grandfather is actually a entrepreneur himself. He's always owned properties back in our hometown in West Virginia. Um, but, uh, my father, uh, he always instilled in us from a young age to, uh, always wake up early. We never got to sleep in on Saturdays or when we were out of school, we were always up out doing landscaping. So my first business I ever started was actually a landscaping business with my brother. Uh, I was 12, he was 13. We got our LLCs and we used to actually run our neighborhood doing, uh, shoveling and all types of stuff. So that started at a young age. Um, from there, uh, in school, me and my brother, we always just pushed each other, even through, you know, everybody goes through things in life. We th went through some different uh, traumatic things with uh, our father and um, him returning from war and stuff like that um, with PTSD. So um, with that, me and my brother just always pushed each other to stay focused and to not allow what was going on in life to bother us because we knew that down the line um, it was going to eventually pay off. Uh, so. With that being said, uh, we had a, a principal. Her name was Mrs. Howe. Uh, and she came to me and my brother was like, you know what? I think you two guys would be great to be in this entrepreneurship program. And um, there was this dude named Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Cuff, Cuffy, Mr. Tuffy. And um, we were um, in his program for about a year. And we learned about what it took to start a business uh, properly. So we learned... Uh, we went through this eight-week program, learn how to uh, get your LLC, how to uh, what a copyright is, what a trademark is, and all of that. So me and my brother then again started more companies. Uh, I started my first uh, t-shirt clothing company when I was 14, and it was called Life Through Our Eyes, um, which I eventually closed down when I was around like 16 years old. Um, and then from there, I ended up going into... Uh, yeah, I was like, I ended up going into culinary arts, so I originally wanted to do music and stuff like that, but my father was like, nah, you're not doing that. <laughs> yeah, not my house. He was very strict growing up, uh, especially with being military. So with that being said, I always used to cook when I was younger, uh, was always in the kitchen with my grandmother and, you know, the elder folks. Uh, I really didn't like uh, being outside that much. I did uh, playing football. I played sports growing up, but uh, when it came time to cooking, I really like being in the kitchen because I like I was nosy. I like hearing what the old folks was talking about. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> so from there, um, I went up going to culinary school, start getting into cooking when I was around like uh, 14, 15. My first job was at a meat market. Um, and then uh, from there, I just get in, got on competition teams, went to culinary school. And did amazing with that. Ended up meeting a uh, serial entrepreneur out here, Cameron Mitchell, um, who owns restaurants around the country. And he was my mentor, excuse me. And he basically taught me the industry, came in the industry young, making like $14 an hour. Um, and I helped open up a few restaurants. And then from there, I just bounced around. But 
uh, over time, you know, I'm a very creative person. I felt like I didn't have the ability to be as creative as I wanted to. So uh, my parents were like, well, you got to have a backup plan. So um, I had already had been interested in, had been designing clothes and stuff in high school, distressing people's clothing, um, designing. Uh, so I just decided to go through a period of refinement and learn what it truly meant to be a gentleman. Um, so I linked up with some uh, older gentlemen and I went through that process. And that's what led me into being uh, a tailor and a fashion designer. I got connected with a few guys that were some custom clothiers. And then uh, throughout the process of that, I ended up meeting a guy, a gentleman named uh, Rory Duffy, who was a, a master tailor from Dublin, Ireland. And uh, from my connection with these gentlemen, I continued to uh, learn and evolve in the industry through not only reading and research, but taking business classes and business courses, reading different books and, you know, really uh, finding a mentor. I think that was very important in my uh, journey is uh, connecting with someone who has already done what you've done so that they can help you to streamline about five, 10, five to 10 years in advance. And I feel, I feel like that's really why I'm in a position I am at my age. Okay. No, that's huge. Now, when you say refinement, what made you um, what made you think of that and what does it mean for refinement? If you look at you look at the state of the market, you look at the people in the entertainment industry right now, be it athletes or music musicians, be it rappers or singers, their aesthetic and their style. What does it mean refinement in your definition? For me, refine means being polished, um, knowing how to. Uh, work yourself in that in that room and uh, for those that don't know what that room means meaning uh, going into that uh, that high executive room or going into that that bi big business meeting or going into that life-changing career uh, meeting where you know how to carry yourself you know how to pronunciate yourself you know how to uh, look to part um, and with looking to part you not only have done the research and you have the the knowledge uh, to be able to go in that room and have that conversation so that that was very important and that was a struggle to me because uh coming from the inner city even though i you know i grew up in the in the burbs what people would say um i went to an inner city school and a lot of the people that i grew up around i hung around were in the streets and a lot of people i played sports with and was around were in the streets or were involved in some way and you know with growing up i always wanted to be involved and though a lot of those dudes were my guys and uh you know uh, that was that's that's really a, the the biggest part of it. Right, right. So it 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 takes um, a level of maturity, mm -hmm. and obviously you obviously had you know the connectedness with your parents and them instilling things. Be it your parents and your grandparents, they put mm -hmm. something into you that made you want to to take. Yeah, definitely. And, um, and to touch on that, uh, my father, he. Uh, you know, he he was a very hardworking man. So what what kind of made me be a Renaissance man is he was a nurse. You know, he was in the military. He was a medic in there. He was a welder. Um, on top of that, he did carpentry. You know, he did landscaping. Um, he detailed cars. He did everything. So growing up, he was that Superman, and he was that he was that man for me and my uh, siblings. Despite you know his downfalls, because nobody's perfect. He he always was that role model to us. And then my mother, she's an accountant. Um, she's an accountant for my company actually. And you know she was always that driving force that told us to stay focused, get our education. Um, you know, always put Jehovah first. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's really big. So, who would you say are your inspirations in fashion? Which designers do you most like, or have you liked mm -hmm. over the years? 
and who do you like currently in terms of some of the things that um to out? be honest with you I draw a lot of inspiration from um I draw a lot of inspiration from local designers that are around me. I think there's a lot of uh, guys that are on the up and coming level that are doing great things. Like um, there's a guy, there's a guy out in LA. Um, his name of his brand is Root. I like his brand a lot. Um, I like uh, Pierre Moss a lot. Um, Kirby uh, Kirby Jean Raymond is the designer's name. Um, of course, you know everybody likes uh, Virgil LeBlow. Um, but I like I, I like um, Biz Cromarty, uh, my guy from New York. Um, it's a lot of up and coming designers. Um, Rich Fresh out in LA as well. Um, even though he's an older gentleman, but he's he's up and coming in the industry as well. You know, I I like the, I like the up and come up and coming black designers. Uh, but you know, for the high class ones, you know, your Kim Joneses, Virgil Abloh, uh, Kirby Jean Raymond, those guys. Okay, so. What about any of the old established brands such as um, how do you feel about Versace? How do you feel about Tom mm -hmm. Ford? How do you feel about Gucci? How do you feel about um, the, the name? The list goes on. Giuseppe uh, Franco. Mm -hmm. um, to be know, honest with you, um, Russ Martin, uh, which is my uh, luxury fashion house, is, is mirrored uh, a lot off of the lot of the uh, the large luxury houses I've I've very I very studied them since I was like 14 years old, reading about you know Yves Saint Laurent, um, reading about um, you know uh, uh, with Louis Vuitton, um, uh, we got um, Giorgio Armani, um, Valentino. Um, really study hot couture and things those brands so i definitely give those brands a lot of respect um but for me uh those the brands that i like a not a lot now are like bottega veneta i like they're very interesting um a lot of their stuff is very like looks very handmade um of course you know uh louis um what's some other what's some other big brands i, I like um but to be honest with you very soon they're gonna be uh they're gonna be competition because uh a lot of things. There's a lot of things I like about their brands, but a lot of times I feel like they appropriate um, the African American culture as well. So I had a, I, I had a, yeah, yeah I had a bad like experience them. inside of a Louis Vuitton when I was in LA, and uh, I vowed to never purchase their clothes again. So okay, no, I can understand that they 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 basically look at the trends of what the uh, what the culture, mm -hmm. if you will, is doing, and they try to mirror it. And a lot of you like said a lot of the athletes and the entertainers they support based upon that mm -hmm. brand name what what fabrics are you most attracted to um in terms of yeah to be like honest it? with you um for for my women's uh items i like using a lot of you know silks uh boucles uh like from like chanel mirror and chanel um i like to use a lot of um silks wools um i like i like denims in some cases uh depending on the weight of it uh for my men's i like to use uh of course silks uh, for the summertime, I like to use Pima cotton for my polos. Um, for my uh, winter wear, you know, I like a nice merino or cashmere from either Australia um, or from Italy. And then I get a for my suits, I use a lot of wool. I might use some um, some merino wool, you know, di different things like that. I like to uh, use different palettes. Uh, it really depends on uh, what direction my uh, client is wanting to go for. Um, I've seen somebody make a suit out of neoprene before. Okay, one of the things that I that I've noticed, obviously, with the um, the administration that's in the office, 
they've stressed bringing jobs back to America, repatriating a lot of companies that may be working overseas. And the thing that I don't see a lot of is I don't see a lot of manufacturing in the U.S. owned and run by mm-hmm. people of color. So could you see yourself possibly sometime creating a manufacturing be, facility where you as a, a master pattern pattern maker? To be honest pattern. with you, uh, yes, I do. Um, because uh, there's a there's a lot of people that I'm connected to out here in Columbus that uh, a lot of people don't know Columbus is number three, but I don't think that's because of design. That's because of technical design, sort of behind the scenes. You know, you got, we got L Brands, Abercrombie, things that sort. A lot of my mentors have worked for these brands for like 30 plus years, Justice, um, and a lot of those uh, people have helped me with my pattern making and helped me with my um, getting my my technical design with tech packing and things that sort of together. So we have a lot of things that we're working on. While I was out in LA, there was a few guys that work in the fashion district. It was like, you know, you should do, you should have these same thing out in the Midwest, um, so that your people are able to uh, get in contact with and uh, actually have the material without having to travel across the country to get it. So that's definitely in the future. Uh, I was looking at some warehouse space not too long ago, but um, end up having to pass up on it when uh, Jehovah wants me to get in a space. It'll definitely come along. Well, one of the things that I, I was talking to my, my cousin, my cousin, Reginald Murdoch, he's a state representative in the state of Arkansas, which is where I was, where, where I was born. That's where I'm originally mm-hmm. from. So that, that's why I was kind of interested when you talked about the shoe designer that you knew from Arkansas. Yeah, my guy, Eric Jones. And that's why I reached out to him. Yeah, that's why I reached out to him because I was born in Arkansas. We left when I was six. But um, my parents were entrepreneurs. And my, my first cousin, he's a state representative in Arkansas. So he knows a lot about the business climate in Arkansas and cotton being one of the main mm-hmm. um, main uh, crops mm-hmm. that they that they, they actually create down there in Arkansas. I thought it would be an excellent situation to create a manufacturing facility. And I would like to see someone make socks or uh, some, some other clothing related items that would use cotton in, in Arkansas. I know that the acquisition costs of land or buildings is probably going to be a lot more desirable mm-hmm. and the workforce is you know in need of training but given the right opportunity i think it, it puts them in a really good position and one of the things he said if we can create anywhere from 50 to 100 jobs you're doing pretty mm-hmm. good you create 200 to 500 jobs you're doing absolutely great and my thing is i think that would be something that would be a goal from my standpoint to identify some place like that in arkansas because i'm from there where we can create some jobs and bring some new opportunities and these skill sets that, you know, you've obviously taken the time to develop and had the initiative to read and, and explore and you had exposure to the right kind of contact that puts you in a really good position. So I think, um, you know, that, that there's a lot of opportunity out here and it's just in the time of crisis, you have two things whether you, that you can do. You can either kind of like stand still and be stuck in the mm-hmm. crisis or you can kind of open your eyes and you can see the opportunity. Exactly. And I think I think there's a, a, a lot of opportunity out here. Uh, now, tell us about your, your thought about, you know, I know I'm a father. I have mm-hmm. a daughter. She's 13. And you can tell us about your, your journeys in, in parenthood and what you want to leave in terms of your life. Yeah. So um, I was actually I actually became a parent at a young age. I was 19 when I had my daughter. Um, she was born a month after, uh, not only I lost my grandmother, which was the same day my business became a business. Um, but, uh, yeah, she was born January 15th, 2018. Um, and I would say the biggest thing that, um, 
being a being a father and learning about uh, being a father is setting up generational wealth. So um, a lot of what I've done, even since I was a young age, is try to educate or add different skills onto myself so that I can uh, potentially add value to myself so I can always be in a room. Um, so for me, the biggest thing that I want to always do for my daughter is to teach her all of the skills and tools and give her the knowledge that I have so that when she gets older, she can be a strong, successful black woman um, and so that she can take care of herself. Um, so for everything that I do now is uh, to set the path and to leave a legacy for uh, for her and in the future if I have other children. OK, so let me ask you this. I mean, I think we're in what we call the, the innovation economy. And technology has taken taken us to levels that we've never seen before in that, you know, there were years ago, let's say 50 years ago, men and women would work years to create a multimillion dollar, hundred million dollar mm-hmm. business. And now with the advent of technology, people like uh, Zuckerberg, um, mm-hmm. Elon Musk, with less than 10 or 15 years, these guys have created multi-billion dollar companies. I mean, almost seemingly out of thin air. So what do you think about technology? What platforms are you most attracted to using or are you most uh, interested in using, be it Facebook, mm-hmm. Instagram? Which ones are which ones do you think are hot? Which ones do you think that make them the biggest impression or difference in people's lives? Um, to be honest with you, um, from not only myself, but the other guys that are in the industry, if you can understand social media, meaning specifically uh, Facebook's ads, which is connected to Instagram. If you can understand Instagram and you can understand not only how to brand yourself and how to monetize uh, your message and what you're trying to do, I feel like you can easily use Instagram as a tool to make money. Um, there's a lot of guys in the industry that do exactly what I do that are designers or clothiers or um, whatever you have, whatever it have you that they call themselves that only use uh Instagram, excuse me, to actually market their brands and to do what they need to. So, um, yeah, I think there's still a room for the old way of marketing everything. But I think the path toward with technology has really uh, gone towards doing everything on e-commerce, everything being fast. Um, Yeah. And for me, honestly, uh, I actually love the tech industry. Um, I see there's a lot of uh, guys who used to be in the music industry who have gotten into the tech industry. You got um, the guy that used to be. Um, and Pretty Ricky, uh, I Am Spectacular, his name on Instagram, he is in the tech industry. He's booming, does a lot. Um, you have Swiss Beats. Um, it's, a, it's a lot of gentlemen. And for me, I know I definitely want to uh, create some apps that can definitely make people's lives easier, whether that is for uh, fashion with um, doing, creating some type of social media styling app where people can actually give people on-call advice on what they should wear to interviews or if they got a roll call or something like that. So, you know, it's always keeping my uh, mind open, trying to connect with different innovators. Okay. Well, I I definitely, I think that's, that's where we want to be. And I think um, it's kind of organic how things come out. So I'm the founder of Greenbox Ventures, which was initially supposed to be a venture capital and private equity entity. And the goal with Greenbox Ventures was to raise initially $50 million. Uh, Jason Roberts, was a computer programmer. He's actually one of the guys who developed um, Uber's mm-hmm. app, the first version of Uber, and he's on their uh, consultancy. He's based here in Pasadena, graduated graduate of mm-hmm. University of Chicago, and 
he was going to be the technical co-founder for Greenbox Venture. But I think, you know, obviously Uber took off and did more than he could imagine that it could do. So he's been in a really good position. But the goal is, from my standpoint, is to identify entrepreneurs all across America in every major city. There are young people that are that are sitting on some incredible ideas with incredible talent. And it's just a matter of developing that talent and having someone help them shape, uh, create a roadmap, if you will, to take that idea from an idea to an actual operating business that's generating cash flow. And I think there there are going to be some successes out there. And one of the things that I noticed in the VC space since I've been heavily involved since 2010, I was in the investment business probably for 20 years, uh, starting with uh, Edward Jones, then mm-hmm. moving to Citigroup, uh, Merrill Lynch, uh, Morgan Stanley, back to Citigroup before coming to California. But I've seen that with the athletes and entertainers, sometimes there is they create circles. And if you're not necessarily in that circle, it's often hard to break in. And I see a lot of athletes and entertainers kind of dipping their feet into, or dipping their toe, if you will, into the DC space. And they have access mainly because of their celebrity and they're already Mm -hmm. flush with capital. So they already have potential users or consumers of whatever it is that they want to offer to the market. But I think there are a lot of people in the U.S. who don't necessarily have that connection who don't necessarily have the right resources. And I think that's where we want to really, really touch because that's where the soil is so rich, is which why I created Rich Soil Accelerator and Rich Soil Education, because there are so many people out there that are kind of like just sitting on the sideline waiting for the right person to speak into them, you know, that level of encouragement and sharing stories like yours, right, uh, I think really motivates and pushes them to say, okay, I got to get off the sideline. I got to get in the game because now is the time. To do yeah, it. definitely. Now is the time to do it. I told a lot of my uh, close friends coming into uh, 2020, you know, you got to 2020 is really going to give you that 2020 vision. It's, it's really starting to come clear. And I feel like if you really know what your definite, uh, what your definite goal and you have a definite plan in mind, um, then I feel like you can really go anywhere uh, that you want to go. All you got to do is speak it into existence and your subconscious mind will allow you to uh, do it and put in the act. From there, you just need to find, build the relationships and the connections that you need to get you where you want to go. All right. I, I think that's I think that's an excellent uh, soundbite to give them. I mean, it makes sense. So you're saying going forward, one of the things we were talking about earlier is doing a speaking tour. And you were doing the public speaking because you also had a foundation where you had done totally yeah. previously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when I was in school from fifth grade all the way through, I was always a writer. Um, and when I was in fifth grade, I had won a, a Ohio State writing competition. From there, um, I had gotten into the MLK oratorical contest. Uh, from being in that contest, I got to uh, be able to uh, present not only in front of the mayor, but uh, the city council and I won that competition. From there, I was able to be connected with the Toastmasters, which help you with your public speaking and pronunciation. And um, from the skills uh, learned there, I was able to travel around the country a little bit and do some public uh, uh, oratorical speaking, which has helped me with speaking in front of large crowds. You know that's a lot of people's uh, biggest okay. fear. That's the number one fear uh, when they do uh, testing is speaking in front of large crowds. Okay. No, I've, I've heard that. Absolutely. So to be able to do that and overcome it, that's mm-hmm. a huge accomplishment. 
have you ever considered? And you said you, you, you mentioned the music business. What part of the music business did you have? Did you touch as a producer? Or um, to be honest with you, um, I when I was younger, I used to produce and engineer. And I did a little bit of it um, a few years ago. Um, but me and my uh, me and a few of my family members, I got some cousins. They uh, own a record label called TMG, which is too much grinding. And there's some artists out here. Uh, they they have music on social uh, media platforms, but now to be honest with you, I've shifted away from wanting to be in the limelight of being an artist um, because I have so much other things going on. I really am going to start a management and entertainment company, um, so that's a part of me being a serial entrepreneur. So while I was out in LA a couple of weeks ago, I was able to manage some relationships with some people so that I could put uh, the artists that I'm connected to in a good position. Okay, so. Uh, one of the things that so you're you're you you kind of like want to position these artists and on the management side are you yeah definitely branding, branding is everything um i i help uh i go i have an executive consultancy uh firm called polished by russ and we also do the same thing where we go in and we work with high uh high dollar professionals high network professionals and we help them to build their personal image and branding um and we help to show we help them show uh, we help to show them how that affects the bottom line because, um, you know, your personal image is everything. And we uh, help our clients to not only know their worth, but we help them to show their worth and strut within it. And one of the things you had mentioned earlier, I think you said there's is there a realtor or something that you're planning on being a part of? His yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a um, there's a guy that I had was able to connect uh, to through uh, social media. Um, you see, coach, social media actually helps out. Um after returning from LA, I had a gentleman reach out to me who is a, a realtor. He does uh, very great uh, videos, and um, he reached out to me initially. I wanted to connect to get some custom garments made, and end up sharing with me that uh, he actually does. Uh, he does he does some shows on American Family uh, Homes and HGTV. Been pitching a show to HGTV, so uh, uh, we got some things in the work with that as well. So. Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think it, it was great to have the opportunity to sit down and talk with you and share a bit of your story. I look forward to seeing nothing but highlights from you mm -hmm. coming here in the near future and hopefully sharing the stage with you as we travel throughout the U.S. trying to impact the lives of, of other people, entrepreneurs in the midst of transitions in their career or entrepreneurs just starting their career. I think uh, the future is bright and Russ Martin, and Gerard Martin is going to be a name that we're all going to know and love. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And be blessed.